Welcome to Scale Up and Grow, a podcast from Turning Point Training and Development, where we discuss everything you need to know for your own personal and professional development and growth. Here's your host, Mary Ricketts. Have you ever worked in that office space where you just kind of feel like, am I back in high school? This just doesn't make any sense. I want to talk a little bit about how to handle those personality conflicts at work, because unless you plan on changing jobs every month, it's going to happen. It's going to be there. We are all not going to get along every single day, every week, every month. It's going to happen. I want to give you some some tips and hopefully give you some some things that you could actually just implement right away on how to handle some of those personality clashes. Now, pause. (laughs) Yes, we all have very, very different personality styles and behavior. And if you're familiar with DISC and we talk about that dominant the uh, influencer, we're talking about that steady person, and then that compliant person. Those are all different personality style behaviors and communication styles and behaviors. So if you've ever taken assessment and you know what yours are, you know that there are some better ways to communicate with each other. When we talk about personality clashes at the office that are causing tension, It's not just that they cause tension, but they also tend to reduce productivity. And that's when it really becomes a concern for leaders, as well as within, you know, your own personal productivity. It can be difficult to reconcile different work styles and and value systems, but it is important for colleagues to find a way to get along. (laughs) Yes, we all want to get along. Nobody wants to come into a work environment where you are sitting like, oh my goodness, Oh, that person is here today. I was hoping they were on vacation because if that's the work environment, that can be a little challenging and nobody wants to be in that spot. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. It, It really doesn't. If you're losing your patience, I want to give you some tips to consider before you say something that you'll regret to the person in that cubicle next to you or the person that's working on the line right next to you, you'll find advice on how to deal with some of the most common conflicts as well. And that's what I want to share with you. Let me give you a few general principles. The first thing we have to think about in any conflict, let alone if we're talking about personality conflicts at work, the first thing we have to do is take a look at ourselves, examine what our part is. In this case, examine your part. Examine your part. The most effective thing you can do is to acknowledge what you're contributing to the situation. And I know this almost sounds like a marriage, doesn't it? But guess what? (laughs) When you're at work all day, you've got relationships that most of us don't spend that much time at home with our spouses and partners on a daily basis. So yes, it is a relationship. You can control your own feelings and responses, even if you have little influence over your coworkers' actions. This is an old school saying, I can't control you, but I can control me, right? So I need to figure out what was my role in this. Examine your part in whatever this conflict intention is. Consider developing some compassion. Okay, if your coworkers' habits are, are really challenging and disturbing and troubling for you, imagine what they're doing 
to that person. Somebody who comes in the office that is always irritated and angry and mad and pissed off and all of those words. What do you think is really going on with them? And how do you think they may even be feeling about themselves, let alone the work environment? You may find it easier to accept their flaws when you remember how you struggle with some of your own issues. We don't always respond right. Even the best of us. I have some fabulous team members that I work with on some projects right now. And, and we, we call ourselves uh, the angels jokingly, but it's interesting how we can feed off of each other, but we can always tell when someone's having a bad day or, okay, something else is going on because I can tell that you're off. That's the other side of importance of having good work relationships. I'm not saying that you need to know everything personal that's going on with those people that you work with, but if you develop some compassion and you realize, okay, this is just not normal behavior, not that your behavior is perfect, but at least become empathetic and be compassionate about, okay, this person may really be going through something, especially if that's not their norm. If it is their norm, that's a whole different conversation that we may need to have. Think positive. You know, there's more to your colleagues than the quirks that bother you. Okay. Everybody has something that they do that is going to be, you're going to think, why do they do that? But that's okay. Just think positive, focus on their strengths, focus on their strong points and what they contribute in the workplace. And hopefully what that will do is help you appreciate them more. Nobody is going to do everything hundred uh, percent perfect the way you would like it done, nor should they, because we're all very different people. But if you think positive, if there's just one thing that this coworker does that just rubs you wrong and it irritates you, stop, pause, think about all the other things that they do well. Think about how supportive they are. Think about, oh my goodness, they might not do this well, but I know I can always depend on them to meet their deadlines or they're always willing to help. They may not do it the best, but they're always willing to step in and help. Whatever it is, think about the positive things, think about their strengths and think about the strong points that they bring to the table for the workplace. Think about the workplace in this and then listen closely. Letting your coworkers know that you care can help prevent misunderstandings. Not saying you need to agree with what's going on or how they're handling things, but listening can be a powerful tool when we are talking about how to handle the personality conflicts at work. You can ask them to discuss your differences and work on solutions together. It's okay for peers to come together and say, you know what? you know what, James, I'm really not sure why we have this, this level of tension, but could we talk about it so we can figure out how to work through it? There's nothing wrong with doing that one-on-one with a coworker. Now, if that doesn't work, then you can definitely take it up the ladder or you can even let leadership know, hey, James and I are working well together. I'd love to have a conversation with him before I bring anything else to you. Is that okay? Yes, no, maybe so but find out, but also pay attention to what they say instead of making assumptions about what their intentions are. One of the things that um, I teach most of the leaders that we coach is it actually, I believe this actually came from John Maxwell when he says, great leaders ask great questions. So we're not talking about leadership in a form of what's your title and role um, in the workplace, but just being a, a great leader 
um, for yourself and just, you know, around your coworkers is awesome. But great leaders ask great questions and then great leaders know how to listen. So ask some great questions, not questions that are degrading and causing additional conflict, but let them know, you know, hey, I'd love to make sure that we work well together. What can I do to help? Tell me what's going on. Can we come up with a solution together so that we can work well together? Because I don't plan on transferring to you, you know, whatever, you know, you could add some humor to it. That's, that's Mary's style. Reach out. You may be tempted to send an email rather than speak face-to-face with someone who annoys you. However, <laughs> this may be a cause where more contact will help you find common ground. Email is, is challenging when there's conflict involved because you can't catch my tone. You know, you can't see my body language. You don't know my tone. Face-to-face speaking is still extremely, extremely valuable in every situation. So reach out to the person, see if you can catch them, you know, in in between meetings or, you know, during a break and, you know, ask them if you can get some time with them. You know, can we go grab a coffee? Uh, I'm not saying you need to go have drinks, you know, and happy hour and all that after work, but think about how you can reach out to them and have a face-to-face conversation. Set some boundaries. Oh, this is probably one of my favorites. Set boundaries. On the other hand, if your efforts to make peace aren't working or it keeps stalling, you may need to agree to disagree and limit your interactions to business essentials. (laughs) There's a saying that says, um, I'm going to paraphrase it, but it says something in the way, you know, try and get along with everybody if you can. But we all know, especially um, uh, the more seasoned you are, and I don't mean by age, but the more interactions that you've had with people throughout your years, you're just going to realize you're just not going to get along with everybody. Everyone's not going to get along with you and each other. And that needs to be okay. But if you have done your part and you sit back, it's like, you know what? I've, I've done all that I can. Now I need to set some boundaries. And there are um, there's some great books out there that you can find out about setting boundaries in the workplace, but think about what you can do. It's like, you know what? I'm not trying to be your best friend here, but I want us to work well together. And if what your efforts are, and if you have to bring in, you know, an additional leader, you have to bring in HR and those things aren't working and you don't think it's worth, you know, pulling the whole team together to have a conversation and some things are not, then just set your boundaries, set your boundaries, limit your interactions, to just business essentials. If I don't have to be engaged in conversations with, you know, we're going to go back to James, uh, with James, then guess what? I'm not going to do it. And I may remove myself. As long as it's not impacting my work and my productivity, in order to keep the peace, I may step away. And I have done that. I have had to do that throughout the years where I was asked to be on a particular committee And I knew that there was someone on that committee that we just, we don't mesh well together. We don't click well together. I've done my part. I've said my piece, you know, we, we're going to agree to disagree. So guess what? You know what? I'd rather you choose someone else to work with that person if that's okay with you. And the leader did ask me, well, is everything okay? We, We don't, we don't mesh very well together and that's okay. I'm okay with it. She's okay with it. And we can get along agreeing to disagree consider that, consider setting your boundaries. The next step in this, which can be very important, you can ask for help. If you're really unable to resolve the conflict on your own, consider bringing in a third 
party. Consider bringing in a third party. Tell your tell your boss, you know, or your your HR manager or PR representative about your concerns. They may want to intervene or recruit an additional mediator to come in. I've done that for others organizations that we come in and do leadership development and training with that when there is a major issue, it's like, okay, we need to bring in a third party. The nice thing about a third party is the third party does not play sides. And let me tell you how important that is coming with an HR background as well is when you're coming in to be a mediator, you have to make it clear, even if it's the company hired you company, I'm glad that you're cutting the check, but guess what? This is not about playing sides. This is about trying to mediate this conversation so that everyone wins at whatever level we can get winners at the table. But asking for help and being very clear of what outcome you would really like to see. And sometimes you may not be able to put your finger on it right away. But when you ask for help, you have to also think about what is it you want. If it's, you know, we we just did a, recent training on um, having difficult conversations. And one of the issues that came up was when you have someone that has some major hygiene issues um, in the workplace. And if that's somebody that has to work next to you, it's like, oh my goodness, we have, you know, hygiene issues from cleanliness to teeth, to body odor, to whatever the issue is, that's tough. And that really may not be your role to say, you know, hey, James, you know, what's going on? You know, is there something I can help you with? You know, I notice you have a bad body odor that may not want to, you know, that may not need to come from you as a peer, but it's okay to kind of be general say, Hey, is everything going? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. You know, if you need anything, you know, let me know. Um, You could be helpful in that way, but you may really need to go ask for help. If it cannot come from inside, you know, and if it's someone that's on your team and you go talk to your manager or HR, it's like, uh, can we get somebody neutral, somebody that's not involved with us every day? And maybe it's uh, a manager from another team or HR from another uh, division that can step in and help recognize other issues that may be playing a part in this. So what I want you to do is think about how could you be prepared to take a different approach? If your conflict is caused by something other than just personality traits, let me give you an example. There may be contradictory business goals that would create friction between employees in certain positions, no matter what the industry is, you know, especially when you all have to do things as a team or, you know, if marketing and sales isn't agreeing and the team that has to do printing says you all are coming with things and making changes 15 times. Whatever that is, recognize that sometimes there's other issues at play versus I've got, you know, this dominant personality dealing with this high C, you know, compliant personality. And we're just, you know, we're butting heads for some reason. And and understand there are personality styles that are very opposite of each other. But I'm talking about when you realize it's outside of that. This isn't just a personality issue. Okay. Let me give you a few specific examples about how you can step in and really make some changes. And this this is on you. First thing, be humble. Be humble. How do you deal with a coworker who thinks they know it all? (laughs) Oh, those are the fun ones, aren't they? They know everything. So keep in mind that they may be trying to compensate for their own insecurities, right? You... We all have one somewhere that we have worked with throughout the years that we may work with now. They know everything. (laughs) 
avoid being drawn into an argument with that person and be firm if you want to discourage unsolicited input. No, you're not dragging me into this because you want to sit in here and debate for the next 30 minutes about why you are right. Don't let them draw you into that conversation. So guess what? You remain humble. Stay on schedule. A colleague who misses deadlines and arrives late can hold up the whole team. Let them know their actions affect others and set interim deadlines to keep projects on track. Procrastinators, we know we're out there. I'm one in so many areas and there's some personality styles. I get it. We are high procrastinators, but that's too bad. You stay on schedule and you let them know when you are late. I remember working with um, a marketing company and really understanding what their process flow is. And it's like, oh, so team A impacts team B if they miss their deadline. So we can't all have the same deadline. So we may need to put in a couple of buffer days <laughs> just in case something happens. And, you know, so let's give an extra 48 hours. It's still due on Monday. But if I don't have it by Wednesday, I know I need to address the issue and because I know my due date is Friday, so I need at least 48 hours to take your mind. But that's what I'm talking about. Stay on schedule and consider putting in some interim deadlines so that projects and due dates aren't missed because of this other person on the team <laughs> and avoid griping. Okay, you all know what that is. That's when we go to the water cooler. That's when we are sending text messages. What happens when a little venting really turns into chronic complaining? We all have to be careful of that. And I know some of you are already like, oh, Mary, I don't really do that. Eh, I challenge you on that one. Some of us do it. Some of us do it more than others. It's There's nothing wrong with venting, but you have to be very careful when your venting really does turn into chronic complaining and you're always complaining about something or someone or an issue. You may be able to help a coworker who tends to see themselves as a victim. <laughs> Try to validate their feelings and still encourage them to take responsibility for their actions and focus on their solutions. I'm also talking about that person where they're always playing the victim. It's always everyone else and it's never me. So when you see that, when you see someone on the team that's always griping and complaining, you know, if you can, and if it's your, you know, your position to do so, say, you know what, let, let's talk about that because I, I understand what you're saying. You can give an understanding, but you don't have to agree with it. I understand how you're saying, remember I talked about great leaders, ask great questions. Think of a couple of great questions you can ask behind that. Walk me through the process. And, and let's see if we could figure out where the ball's getting dropped. And then we could try and help figure out why. That's what I'm talking about. Avoid griping all the time because that can turn into that chronic complaining. And I don't think most of us want to be around that type of environment. Reduce the drama. <laughs> Reduce the drama. Maybe you find mood swings and intense emotional displays to be a bit unsettling. But if your office is starting to feel like high school <laughs> or, you know, the opera company, this feels like the drama club from school, take a deep breath and you maintain a very calm demeanor. Make sure you don't get put in that. Make sure that when you see it, you don't jump into that bandwagon as well and that you can help reduce the drama. And sometimes 
it takes the team member versus the boss and the leader to be the one to always say, you know what, you all, we, we've got to come up with a solution for this because this, this is starting to feel like we're in high school. And I say high school. I loved my high school years. Please hear me hear me when I say that. I loved my high school years. But you all know what that, that term means. It feels like high school. feels like we're in the drama club. You know, and we don't want that type of environment, whether we're there part time or full time, whether we're there five hours a day or 10 hours a day. That's not the environment that we want. The last piece I want to leave with you to consider is lighten up, (laughs) lighten up a little bit. It's natural to feel undermined when you're being uh, micromanaged, but it usually says more about your supervisor than it does about you. There are reasons, sometimes there are reasons why a leader is micromanaging someone on their team. Sometimes you just need to pause and you think about, okay, what's going on? Why are they doing this? Especially if this isn't the norm, what's going on with the leader? What's going on with our team that all of a sudden we're being micromanaged. I remember us going through that years ago when I was in telecommunications (laughs) at AT AT&T. And all of a sudden we had 7 a.m. meetings and we had, you know, daily reports that we had to send out. What we knew what that was. We didn't want to talk about it. It wasn't about was I individually making quota. We as a team were not hitting our numbers. We weren't reaching goal as a team. And that was how the leader at the time handled it. Not saying it was right, not saying it was wrong. Nobody likes to be micromanaged. As a leader, I don't like to micromanage, but there are times where it's like, okay, we're off a bit. Let me reel things in a little bit. So sometimes it has more to do with the manager than it does the team. There are people and personality styles that will micromanage, and that's a control issue. That's a control issue. That's when I say lighten up a little bit and realize, uh, this may not really have anything to do with you. It may have to do with who that supervisor is. You might be able to head off the situation by giving them detailed updates to ease their concern. Sometimes it'll happen with a brand new leader that's on the team because they're just trying to get a handle on things. And that's okay. If you see that, a leader is micromanaging. It's okay to also say, hey, can I chat with you about something? Because, and you're not going to say, I notice you're micromanaging us, but would it be helpful if we give your report at three o'clock each day? Or maybe just me, maybe I'm not just speaking for the whole team. Would it be helpful if I give your report at three o'clock each day regarding the production that we're doing or regarding you know, how we're accomplishing this goal? Or would you like it weekly? When you have someone that's micromanaging, you consider lightening up, okay? And think about what's going on with them, okay? Conflicts are natural. And here's the thing, conflicts are not bad. They're not bad. But when we're talking about personality conflicts at work, and, you know, James and I are always butting head or you always see, you know, Sharon and Keith are always arguing and snipping at each other. That becomes a toxic environment. And most of us don't want to work in that environment. Conflicts are natural. When you're spending 40 plus hours a week with someone, you might not choose for a friend. I didn't get to choose my coworkers. <laughs> right? I didn't get to select who is on my team. But I didn't get any input on that. Knowing how to handle personality conflicts at work will help you to increase cooperation and really help you 
reduce misunderstandings. Okay, I hope the tips have helped you. I hope we can guide you just a little bit about how to handle the personality conflicts at work. I'm Mary Ricketts to your success. Thanks for listening to this episode of Scale Up and Grow from Turning Point Training and Development. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, check out all of our on-demand training courses at turning-point.newzendler.com. That's turning-point.newzendler.com.